Lego. Hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for hitting that play button for another episode of the Hetty Coleman podcast, where I sit down with fabulous people to have go in conversations. Now, go in is being consistent and doing the right things that allow for you to achieve the wins that you have defined for your life or organization so that you can live out your greatest story. It's all about that story, ladies and gentlemen. It's all about your story. And I think your story is so much better when you have defined some wins to create journeys for yourself. So when I sit down with these fabulous people, I like the opportunity that it gives you to discover maybe some right things that you need to be consistent in in order to achieve maybe a similar win that you've defined for yourself. Today's a little bit different in a sense. I'm sitting down with my dear friend, my family, the one and only. We go way, way. back. Way. None other than Derek Sear. Sire Sear. <sighs> I can't say my own name sometimes, so I'm always messing up a name. It's okay. I don't I can't think of how many times you've ever used my last name though. I, so it makes sense <laughs> that you like what's my cell phone number? I don't know what you're saying. You use that? We use that a yeah, lot. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I don't. Like, some people that I, I see, like, I'm like, hey, like, I know you and I see you, like, don't trip on the name. I'm sorry. But, yeah, no, but I think what it is is that people say your name to me mm-hmm. and they say it wrong. They do. They make and, you doubt yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's my friend. That's my friend. And I feel like, like, that's my man. And I'm like, I don't even know. Don't like, even we're, know. we're okay. I don't even know because, yeah. But, yeah, so sit down. Thanks for being here, man. Yeah, man. Thanks for walking up to the third floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Appreciate it. Thanks for the invite. Listen, I can't think of too many times you've invited me and I said no. No, it hasn't been very many. Yeah, I appreciate it. You know, I was thinking about, as we're just saying that, that uh, interview on The Breakfast Club with uh, Martin and um, uh, Martin Lawrence and Will Smith. And Martin said something about his kids or something. And Will Smith, he, like, forgot his kid's name or something like that. And... And people was like, yo, like, that's your man. Like, y'all, y'all here kicking. And he was like, I know, man, but, you know, I mean, we we cool and we close, but we don't kick it, like, every, every day. So when I, it's all love, I just forgot. Like, yeah. y'all try to make us enemies over, over at the, the breakfast club. Yeah, yeah. Everybody yeah, calm down. Yeah. People try to make controversy out of anything. They do. And I don't know why that is. Is that just because we don't have enough, um, uh, what what's the word I'm looking for? Things that are productive in our lives you know what i'm saying like man i'm just trying to find whatever i can to to talk about because i don't have a whole bunch of other productive things to talk about yeah. what, what what is it that draws us to i think part of it is like mm, like to me it feels like people have like they don't want to be the worst mm-hmm. at least i'm not last mm. right and if i can always find somebody else that is fatter than me making less money than me uh stumbling over their words embarrassing like if i can find somebody then it lets me know that as bad as i think that i am i'm not the worst yeah and so my relationship sucks but yours is worse mm-hmm. you know my job sucks but yours is worse and and i think it's probably has less to do about other people than it has to do with the person that is interested in the thing right and so i don't I don't know. Like as I think about it, more I think about it, I just think that people want to know that they're not last or the least or the worst, mm-hmm. and it just happens that I have to compare myself to other people. Yeah. No, I think I think so. I think I just think that it's it's interesting that we are 
people who will go to something so quick and make such a big deal out of something that's not and it causes so much of a stir up and it's like that wasn't even that big of a deal to me but yeah. maybe and then again something could be a bigger deal to one person than it is it is another. people have their things and you know i, I think it 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 got to be up to us to to be self-aware and humble ourselves right because it's like i can't I can't be a fan of everything, right? I just got my, my select things. And so while I'm tripping over, I don't know, Will slapping Chris, right? I still got my own stuff. And so maybe it just helps to detach from my own stuff and focus on somebody else's for a little yeah. bit. You know, it's, I, I don't know. Like, I I don't know. I just toggle back and forth between, you know, being the dude who watches fight videos, but also being disappointed because people are fighting in the videos. <laughs> You know, it's like, dang, I just gave him another view, but I was entertained. Like, I got to unplug from from my, my reel of fight videos in my own life for a little bit and see somebody else struggle. I don't know. I, I think it's just, it's it's human, yeah. unfortunately, to want to reference where you are by using other people as the reference point. Whether it's money or marriage or parenting or whatever it is, it's just like, I feel like, I'm doing a horrible job or a great job, but in order to establish whether or not I'm doing good or bad, let me look at other people and see what they're doing. Yeah. And just out of that, we offer our opinions. For sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. Well, man, hey, before we jump into what we're going to talk about today, just talking about a little bit of fatherhood, talking about you as a father, talk about your father a little bit. Yeah. Uh, tell people where they can find you on social media if, 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 if that's the best way to reach out to you. Yeah, Derek Sire, S I E R, um, Sire 55. Um, it's going to be OMOS, O-M-O-S, just a variety of all those, whether it's on in Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, um, website, mylifeoflist.com, DerekSire.com. Like, you can just find. All just, of that. Just look it up, man. Do you have a link tree? I don't even know what that is. Yeah. You always tell me about something new. Yeah, well, I was just thinking about when you ran off all those things. Like, What is that? What's a, a link tree? A link tree is kind of where it's all your links in one place. Here's the thing, though. I don't even know that... I engage people that much anymore because you know I used to be like a social media bandit like I was on there all the time I think the more that I've started to be a little bit more introspective then I pulled back from social media a bit um, and so like I throw all those things out there but they're not like the best connection points right now really like I'm just connecting with people who have my cell phone number and my email like those people are the ones that get all my attention where it used to be like for example and i don't want to squirrel but uh i was talking to takia yesterday and I, I think i posted something that, that yesterday or the day before that and i posted in a while and i was just like yo i sent this picture to a friend that was like yo, i haven't seen your face in a while like send me a pic and so i was having coffee over culture coffee and uh, on the east side of Oklahoma city and i was just sitting outside and i just took this pic while i was sitting there looking at my phone and i shared it with a couple of people and it was like yo that's like a very distinguished picture and I was like, really? And they were like, yeah. And so I put it on social media. I was like, hey, sent this to a friend. Hadn't seen my face in a long time. These are some thoughts that I have. And so Taki is like, who who do you know that can put a, a picture out with like a few words and get like 600 likes? Uh-oh, what just happened? You know, and, and get that type of response. Uh, and I was like, it's unpredictable. But... 
had this been a few years ago, I'd have been on that joint, like responding to everybody <laughs> yeah. and trying to, you know, like text the people that who liked the picture or commented that I hadn't seen in a long time. And I'm just trying to like catch up. But when you catch up with people, like there's no like, hey, well, that's cool. It's like, yo, we should grab coffee. And then I got 100 coffees that I'm trying to schedule over the next 60 days. And, you know, like I think I've just pulled back. So I threw all those social medias out there. That's a way for people to kind of see what's popping and to reach out and say what's up, but I don't really connect as much. Yes, yeah, so, social media is definitely a thing that, like, it's a tool mm-hmm. for me, like, and you and you want to use it uh, sparingly, should I say, but it's also a great way to connect. In that Agreed. instance of what you just did, that was a very personal way to, you know, mm-hmm. connect with people and I think in that people find it interesting. Like social media is a way that people kind of get away from those. Like you just talked about looking at the fight. Mm-hmm. Like social people use social media to get away, you know, maybe from some of the realities of the world, but also yeah. to see people that they haven't seen in a while. Yeah. And I think the less you post on there, there's even more of that thing of like, man, I ain't seen Derek. What's Derek talking about? Agreed. Like, I'm, let me pause for a minute because I, I I'm not up on Derek as much as I am. On some of the other people, and so truth, yeah, 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 yeah. So no, it's good. And I told you, I was like, like yes, like I posted, and if I posted something tomorrow, like let's just say that five hundred likes was the the benchmark. Tomorrow I get four fifty, and then the day after I get four hundred, and then in two weeks when I'm posting regularly, then I'm back around to 100, 150 mm-hmm. engagement. So it's like I'm not confused on what happened. You know, when I posted, it's like oh, I haven't. Been out here in a while, so people say what's up. Like, oh, yeah, that's what's up. Because I do the same thing. In fact, I even go to, like, not only am I going to like and leave a comment, then I'm going to hit you in the inbox. Like, yo, bro, I haven't seen you in a while. You know, hope everything well. You know, thinking about you and the family, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So I ain't tripping on on the numbers. I think it's just I said all that to say I put all those social medias out there. <laughs> if you reach out. <laughs> Let's connect. Like, you, you can, but don't be discouraged if i delay in my response <laughs> for sure for sure because i'm just not on there that right i'm just not on there that much anymore don't be offended don't be offended but reach out please but reach out because you would like to hear from him yeah i think i'll reach out to will smith i read his book oh did you really finish the whole book he had some nuggets in there that completely changed my perspective bro really yeah like around what yeah like um i'm trying not to go too too deep so so one um he talked about uh um when he was younger he uh his his grandmother uh would go to church and he just remember being in church being on stage singing and performing and doing things like that and uh whenever he looked out whether it was at home or from the stage he just saw this look on his grandmother's face that no matter what he did, it was always going to be good. No matter what he did, she was always going to be proud of him. That there was always, like, this road of, like, retribution and reconciliation. Like, there was nothing. Like, he was good enough for grandma. No matter. Like, he didn't have to be funny or talented or athletic. He could just show up. And grandma loved him. And he said he spent his whole life chasing that look mm. from, from specifically women. Um, but I would also add in people. And so for me, you know, I think uh, my my dad looked at me a certain way and I've wanted that relationship with older men in my life. And my mom uh, didn't necessarily look at me that way. And so wanting that relationship from or that engagement or that imp- 
approval from women as well, right? And so just going back to childhood as Will did, thinking about what are some things in my childhood that I either got and so I'm used to getting or that I lacked and so I'm overly pursuing those things, whether it be attention or approval or being liked or money or clothes or experiences or freedom from whatever it is like those things that get locked in our brains based on our experiences as kids as youth how they impact our decisions as adults but we don't necessarily take the time to reflect on why we do it we just know that it's ingrained in us very deeply Mm. right from the way that we eat to the shows that we watch, to our humor, to the music we enjoy, to the cars we drive, to our perspective on community and voting and education. Like all that stuff is locked in and it's impact. It's impacted by some very foundation and fundamental things that happened when we were younger. Mm-hmm. Right? If I grew up in a school that was poor, then either I'm gonna make sure that my kids never go to a school that doesn't have resources, or I have a heart that breaks for schools without resources, right? That impacts us as adults. And we can go example after example, but just reading the book, that was one of the things that stood out to me, how even as a young person, the way that his grandmother looked at him impacted the way that he interacted with women his whole life. Wow. It just came out, didn't it? Oh, no, it's been out. It's been out. Because I saw a video. Was it a memoir or memoir or whatever? Um, like, what do they call those? It's not like a uh, autobiography or nothing. Yeah. It, it may have been closer to a memoir. Now, we're talking about fatherhood. Will's a father. He is. You, you kind of mentioned that. Um, the slap. Like, as a father, mm-hmm. like, how, how did that make you, how would that make you feel regarding your children? Like, did, do you see anything out of that from him being a father in the way that um, that set a um, precedent for his children or anything like that? Do yeah. You? Yeah. I think, I think you'd have to uh, extrapolate. Like, you'd have to pull out a few different things and isolate them, mm-hmm. which I think is unfair uh, to everybody that wants to lump it all together. But I think it's absolutely fair to Will and his family. Right. So as a father, you saw me stand up for your mother. Mm-hmm. As a father, you saw me stand up for your mother. While if I had another choice, would, it, would I have stood up for her in that particular way? Maybe not. But you saw me stand up for your mother right as a as a man right to my to my son and to my daughter like there's a sense of protection the other thing i think is um i I wish there would have been a way to address it without violence you know especially physical violence um and then and then there's the element of um of like black on black you know things that i tried to establish not only with my kids but with my mentees as well um, and then there's the the part of conflict resolution that uh, instead of doing something that ended it, we did something that exacerbated it. It just made it bigger, right? Now we're talking about how do we reconcile between two people, not only for the people, but for their families and for the country at large. Because these are, you know what I'm saying? So like as a father, I'm looking at what is it like? For them to see that I care enough about this family to stand up and do something. While I may not have done the right thing, I did something. And so on that end, I was a protector. But then how do it, how does it reflect towards conflict resolution? Am I telling my kids that it's okay to use physical violence before exploring other opportunities? Does this have to do with my pride and embarrassment? And what happens when I make decisions based out of pride and embarrassment? You know, uh, is there a way to handle things behind closed doors versus a public 
public platform. It teaches them about consequences to decisions, right? You can do those things in the moment, but understand the backlash of it. So we're losing movies. You're losing support and sponsorships and all these different. So, you know, like I think from a dad, that's all these different things that come from it. Uh, but at the end of the day, I want my children to understand that it's your decision and just know that your decision isn't isolated in a moment, mm-hmm. right? You can feel like that's the best thing you could come up with in the moment, but just be prepared to answer or to stand up for and with the consequences of any decision you make, whether it's good or bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I think I hear you saying, like, the opportunities that his kids can learn from him in that in that particular moment mm-hmm. was um, – was one they can see the protect like learn learn to protect whoever that is that you love right. that's in your life. There may become times where you gotta protect them. Another thing would be, um, man, sometimes you may have to apologize. Like maybe sometimes you make a decision, you feel like it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. You look back, you like that was not the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. So you your kids now can learn that okay, it's important to go back and apologize, ask for forgiveness. Yeah. Make some decisions to hold yourself accountable from those things. Um, and so, and I think that's a lot of what being a father is, is like setting the example for your kids because one day they're going to parent. Yeah. And so, yeah. your daughters, your sons, or whatever, what what are some things that you learned from, from your dad? Ooh, work ethic, man. I know that's that's something that uh, James, James Sire was not afraid to do was work. And uh, one thing we, we were going to do, we was going to eat. We was going to have a roof over our head. You know, we was going to have clean clothes. We was going to make it from A to B. Uh, and all the other stuff was like, we'll get to it. You know, like, we're going to eat. We're going to. I even remember learning how to uh, to heat a house with our oven. You know what I'm saying? We putting blankets up, you know, trying to isolate. The, you know, so I think Dad, he, he, uh, he was not afraid to, to work. And good or bad, that's something that. He taught me, and, and I've held on to it, you know, even at the ripe age of, of 40. Like, Derek going to work. Yeah. You know, he going to have multiple jobs. I told my wife early on, I was like, I don't know what it is, but I've just been blessed to make money. Like, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go make it, you know. Um, so I got that from dad. Uh, being other-focused, community-minded, got that from dad. Uh, dad was very much so in mentoring we always had kids at our homes he's always coaching a sport uh driving a bus volunteering at the church like he was always one of those uh dudes that was going to take a group of kids camping um he was all about uh new uh, experiences and exposure to things uh he was fun you know he was humorous my dad was also very charismatic and so I, i get that from my father being able to walk into a room and dial it up or dial it back depending on what's necessary um, dad is very much so um, a family person, and it doesn't look necessarily traditionally like a family person. Like I know a lot of times when they when people think of family, they think of like everybody sitting around a table, mm-hmm. you know, having dinner, and dad being tapped in and glued into a lot of stuff. So dad loved his family. You know, I love my family, I love my siblings, I love my kids, uh, even though it looks a little differently. Definitely very family centered. So I mean, those are three or four things that dad taught that yeah. stick to me, stick with me. So he was consistent in doing those things. He's consistent mm-hmm. in working, consistent in yeah. investing in others, mm-hmm. investing in the community. Yeah. And in out of family. those things, in his family, yeah. consistent in, in doing those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
consistent in being mindful of the people that he was around when you talk about him walking in the room, yeah, knowing how to dial it being back or yeah. being charismatic, whatever the case yeah. may be. Um, you know, I sent out a question to a, a group of fathers, and one of the things we go back to this go win idea is like, what are those right things to be consistent in in order to achieve the win? Right. Uh, that you've defined for your life as a father the win is to be the best father that you possibly can be mm-hmm. and so i sent this list out to a few fathers before we get to some of their responses talk, talk about I, I hear what you said you learned from your dad i'm sure that you've taken some of those into your role as a yeah. father what are some things give us a couple of things that you're consistent at that you feel like allows for you to be a great father that may yeah maybe you learn from your dad or that you kind of picked up on your own because mm-hmm. we do that as well right yeah, I'd say one, and, you know, I don't have these, like, pre-numbered. I think there's probably three or four core things that if you ask my kids, you know, what do you take from your dad, I think they're probably going to say, um, I'm probably going to say uh, just being inclusive, right? Like, I, I want, uh, my house was the, the house that all the kids were in, and so being, part of being inclusive uh, is being willing to, um entertain and absorb and provide room for a variety of things right and so my uh, nia and ethan my, my kids friends are very eclectic right from faith to socioeconomic status to uh family structure to gender to sexuality to um academic and professional ambition to the arts and athletes like it's just very diverse and in order to create an environment where those uh people can come and be heard and seen and felt and valued creating this environment where people don't have to be afraid or fear i think is very important that's that's something that my kids i think they would say anybody can come around my dad and he knows how to interact with anybody Um, that's one i think another one is have fun uh, not to say that mom doesn't have fun, but I think mom uh, carries this mantle of like keeping the family organized and making sure everyone is doing what they're supposed to do. Like she's the the nuts and bolts of the family, which allows me to be a little bit more um, non-structured or I get to be icing and gravy and sprinkles on top of wh- whatever else mom is doing. You know, and I think it's really cool. So have fun. Um, I think being consistent is really important with kids showing up is is very important with with kids so then being able to look across any room that they're in and see the support system there so whether it's a soccer field or a um, an auditorium or you know whatever it is they can look across the room and see dad there uh being able to be generous uh with my time and money and ideas and you know so those are some of the things that I think I do well. I'm consistent in uh, with being a good father. That's good. That's good. That's good. Do do you um, you know one of the things that I, I like to do is ask my kids. One of the things that I feel like I'm pretty decent at being consistent at is asking my kids what. Hey, as a father, what do you think I'm missing out? Mm-hmm. You know, and and in that, what I find out is that I'll probably learn more about what I'm consistent at that they feel real feel really good about. Like, right. Dad, you, because you do these things, and not so much about the things that that they feel like I'm not doing. That's right. really important, you know. And I think I think it's so important to 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 ask the people that you're fathering, mm-hmm. like <laughs> evaluate me, you yeah. know, uh, because I think you learn from that. 
And I think one of the reasons that's so important by just asking people is because sometimes what we are trying to do or we what we aim to do doesn't translate well, mm-hmm. right? And so uh, a, a kid may see their parent as being too strict, but what I'm trying to do is protect you, mm-hmm. right? And so I'm I'm trying to get you to see that it's protection and guidance and experience, but all you see is I'm. I'm too stringent. I'm too strict, right? I don't let you have any fun. I don't ever want you to hang out with your friends. I don't like your friends. But it, so so sometimes I think when we ask, then it's like, yo, like, what am I good at? Or what do you need? They'll let us know. Because if you say I don't do what I claim I do a lot of, then something's, there's a disconnect there, right? If I, if I give you lots of clothes, and I give you video games and I give you a car and you say that I'm cheap because you're looking for cash and not necessarily the gifts. I'm like, what do you mean cheap? You know what I'm saying? We got this house. You got these clothes. I'll pay for you to do all these cool things. What do you mean I'm cheap? And they're like, but dad, you don't give us money. And it's like, oh, you want money. Okay, well, let me give you money and take all the other stuff back. You know, and they're like, oh, no, no, no. We want all that and money. It's like, oh. So let's redefine what what cheap and generous is. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think the question closes the gap between what I'm doing or what I'm trying to do, attempting to do, and what the perception of what I'm doing is. I think it closes the gap. So asking, I think, is good. And I I know we're talking about dads, but I think that works in marriage. I think that works at work. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think it works in the community. You know, I think if politicians asked more questions, then we'd be able to close the gap. Mm Mm-hmm. You ran your whole platform, and you said you're gonna do all these things, and I don't. It doesn't look to me like you're doing them, yeah. right? But you're like, I'm here fighting every single week trying to get, yeah. you know. And it's like, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, maybe I should ask some questions, or you should ask me some questions, or something. I don't know. Yeah. I think it closes the gap for sure, though. No, for sure. And I think asking questions in general is is uh, something that I've I really have worked hard to be consistent in as a father. Is like we used to do question before bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, when when uh, my kids were younger, and question for bed was essentially me just we had a whiteboard in our bedroom, mm-hmm. and throughout the day or maybe throughout the week, I would make a, a note of a question that I wanted to ask my kids so we right. could have a discussion around it. And uh, I just remember doing that and how I think I learned from my kids, and my kids learned from me in that in that moment in those settings of us doing question before bed. Yeah. And I, I I really feel like, and I still ask those questions like when we have our family meetings, like we still have family meetings even though my kids are now in high school and one of them is an adult. We still find ways to get together yeah. and kind of do those things and still have that moment of asking that question of like, what do you feel like I'm doing right as a father? Mm-hmm. Where I'm missing out as a father? What could I be doing differently? Yeah. But I mean, I, w- I think we need to go back, not question before bed, but something to where we ask a relevant question, yeah. a question of the moment yeah. and kind of continue to learn for my kids you know what i'm saying i just yeah. i really like that so it, it allows us to be more consistent like instead of uh trying to catch up when something bad happens or when something changes mm-hmm. it allows us to stay more in touch and more in tune along the way yeah so if i'm asking you weekly and i can readjust weekly versus you know at the beginning of every school year you know then the corrections are easier to implement versus having to you know make big changes i can yeah. make little changes along the way yeah. so that's really good didn't you used to do um question of the week yeah i did yeah. i need to go back to that i used to do it on social media where uh-huh. i have a question of the or 
Yeah, 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 yeah. I think questions are powerful. There's a great book called uh, I think uh, the Power of the Question or something like that. That yeah, and so if there's not a book, there should be a book. Yeah, there should definitely be a book. So let's jump into some of these uh, responses that we got from back from fathers. It. Now, here is the question. Uh, here is the question that I asked about 30 fathers, probably more than that. Didn't get a response from all of them, but uh, I got quite a few. I got more than what I thought. I was thinking, like, if I got 25 back, I think I got almost 30. Mm-hmm. The, the question was, what's one practical thing uh, you work to be consistent at to be the best father possible? Right. So uh, we're going to go down the list. Any of them? I shared the list with you. Did any of them stand out to you? Yeah. I mean – I'm going to just scroll from top to bottom. Yeah. Uh, I think um, this one uh, was a guy that was a real estate investor uh, here in Oklahoma City, I believe. Um, he talked about connecting with his kids on purpose, mm-hmm. like being intentional about connecting, like finding a way on purpose every single day to connect with with kids. Like I think, again, um, it's very easy with the busy schedules that uh, we push our kids to have you know it's like do something be involved in something don't just sit around now do something and it goes from being in one thing to being in five things and then parents are running all across the city and you know it's very easy for not only parents and kids to be busy um but i think as busy as we are we have to be more intentional about connecting and that connection can look it look different for different families for me uh we have a group uh a family group text we also have family group uh instagram where we drop like memes and things you know in there as a group uh we also try to uh, hang around our island at home and eat and snack uh and do things together we also try to attend all of our family events together so whether it's plays or soccer and so finding ways to on purpose and intentionally connect uh, I don't. I don't think it has to be like a sit down, deep conversation. It could be like, "Yo, how you doing? You doing okay? I'm school today. Bet. How's your girlfriend? Everything going good? How's soccer? You know, like, did you finish that? Like, it could. It could literally be just daily touches. Yeah. Some of them more deep than others, but I think doing it on purpose is really, really important. Um, and so, like, I'll just piggyback on what he said. Like, I think that's valuable. Yeah. No, uh, that's Chauncey. Actually. Man, Chauncey, is he in Virginia? Team Virginia? Yeah, I think he's Team Virginia. Well, I just assumed that everybody was in yeah, Oklahoma. Yeah, no, that's yeah, that's a, no, that's okay. Just in case he listens, he'd be like, oh, he didn't even let him know I was from. He didn't you know, shout me yeah. out. <laughs> uh, here's uh, Doug Lewis said, uh, making sure they know that they can come to me with anything and that they won't be judged by me or blamed, but that I will listen and provide honest feedback, which, you know, to, to be consistent in giving feedback across the board in any situation is mm-hmm. really good, especially if it's good feedback. But I think people who are intentional about giving feedback, honest feedback, yeah. it's so important to have those kind of people in your life. Yeah. And as a father, man, to be able to really be consistent in giving honest feedback, one, I think honest feedback takes um, requires you to be slow at times. You oh, that's know? good. Versus like, Oh, let me give it like, oh no, let me give me twenty four hours. Let me think about that. Mm-hmm. You know, like let me take that in for a moment. But I, I really love that Doug said that. Shout out to Doug. Doug's actually in Orlando, Florida. He's in Orlando? So, yeah. I want to piggyback on Doug's real quick. Uh, by the way, I was at this community event, and it was last weekend, and uh, it was uh, hosted uh, by JB, and uh, it's 
talking about how to get gun violence down. Yeah, yeah. And so people from New York and uh, someplace uh, in Texas and in, uh, out in L.A., they came and talked about these long stretches of days they had without gun violence. Anyhow, one guy there was Muslim from New York. And because he was Muslim, he said veggie back because he, he didn't eat pork. Oh, wow. So was, he didn't piggyback on nothing. <laughs> he veggie back on everything. <laughs> He's like, I want to bet you back on that. And he said it a couple of times. And he was like, I see people's that faces. so good. He's like, because I'm Muslim, I don't eat pork. <laughs> so I don't piggyback on nothing. I'm uh, veggie backing I'm veggie. up in here. So uh, I want to veggie back on that. And um, talk about the importance of pausing as parents. Mm. Mm, I think we get so... Uh, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak for active parents, right? We get so eager and excited when our kids come to us with things uh, that we feel like we have to have the answer um, without delay or pause. Like, yeah. Ooh, that's easy. Like, because I'm the parent, I, I know the answer. Um, and I don't think that, I think our kids will learn so much more by us being transparent and our lack of wisdom regarding certain things and being willing to discover those things together. So, what does that look like? Ooh, I don't know. That's a tough one. I, I haven't had to deal with that. Uh, I don't know. What do you think? Uh, what, what's been your process? Like, what are, what are people saying in your circles? You know, being able to just, like, be curious about something instead of making up something on the spot so that we can seem knowledgeable or wise. For sure. Now, yeah. I think there are some things that they're going to come to us with that we've lived, that we've talked about, that we've experienced. We have enough uh, uh, engagement with it that I can provide you an answer immediately. But... I think there's value in saying that I don't know that I'm willing to find out and I'm willing to also discover and explore and evolve with you uh, because I think that shows like a human side that I don't know that a lot of uh, kids get to see with their parents. Yeah. Like, you know, they just see us as this. I, I was looking at this, this interview and this, this, um, this, uh, this young lady, she said, uh, the reason you start seeing teenagers um, uh, like connect with other adults or even older teens is because at some point in time you realize your parents really don't know everything. Mm -hmm. They really don't know mm -hmm. everything. And in fact, they making it up. Yeah. And they just trying to like thrive. They trying to survive, you know, with what they know. Yeah. She was like, well, we go from like our parents because they, they know how to tell us to match our clothes and brush our teeth and wash our face and, you know, take Robitussin and Epsom salt and cough medicine and all that stuff. We think that because they are, are, knowledgeable in what it's like to raise a five-year-old or eight-year-old at some point in time i'm coming to you with some information yeah. that you don't know yeah and you you want the the respect of somebody who does know yeah like but you don't and so this is when you start seeing these kids going to all these other places trying to get this information because they're trying to find people who know mama you don't know how to make money <laughs> you broke we broke we poor so why would i ask you about money let me go out here and talk to some other people who making money who making money athletes rappers strippers dancers drug dealers like they making money yeah you know my homeboy over here he got a job you ain't got no job what you gonna tell me about work you know so it's like it's very interesting uh i think we can we have the opportunity to close the gap um, and improve relationship and connection when we speak on what we do know and then grow together in areas where we don't know. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I want to explore, I want to evolve and grow and change with you as we learn together mm -hmm. um, through this process. Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah, I think I think that in that, 
us not knowing everything mm -hmm. is something to where that's an opportunity for our kids to learn. Yeah. You know, like, I want my kids to know that I don't know everything because mm -hmm. I don't want them to feel like they're supposed to know everything when yeah. they become parents. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, no, like, do not leave this house thinking I know everything. <laughs> But what I think parents do do well, and I think you learn this as you, you get older, is that you got to be willing to try sometimes. When you don't mm -hmm. have the answer, you just got to kind of step back mm -hmm. <laughs> and try something. And I think in our learning to do that, we also try to speed along telling our kids things that we really don't have the answers to. I agree. Because we teach ourselves like, well, if I don't know the answer, I better try something because mm -hmm. I'm going to get in trouble. In, in that, I think what you also have to learn is like, Man, let me call Derek. Derek knows quite a bit about this particular thing. Yeah, let's bring Derek into this, into this conversation. Yeah, you know, or go call, go call. You know, or now you have Google too. But that I think is also good for your kids to be able to reach out to people and learn when you don't know. I wonder if that, like, how does that reach out? How is that impacted by like pride or you know? Because mm, you know, as a dad, when I hear other dads talk about some things. I feel like it's so rudimentary that I'm supposed to be doing that as a dad. Yeah. you. I'm a dad. I've been doing this dad thing for a long time. And you just said something that I don't do. And so instead of being like, yo, tell me how to do that. Or, you know, I'm, I'm going to take it. I'm going to go try to do it on my own. Yeah. When it would probably just be best if I'm like, yo, that's interesting. Like, how long have you been doing that? Yeah. And I think that sometimes... Mm, yeah, when we make things up, when we're trying to step out there and do those things, this is where the pause comes in, right? And it's not to say that, like, I don't know, are, do we think that our kids are better with no information or the wrong information? <laughs> That's... <laughs> As a parent. Well, pride says we're just not going to let them know because we don't know. Exactly. You know, I think that's more so than that. But that's where wrong comes in, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So which which one is it? If we had to pick between the two, are are they better with the wrong information or no information? Man, it's almost no information. You tell them the wrong information, they go out there and do it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that's just my immediate thought. I had some I had some uh some mentees uh at Metrotech and they told me these two things and I had to like jump in. I felt like I was saving the day. He was like <laughs> he was like, Yo man, he said, Do you know how to uh do you know how to tell if a girl got an S T D? And he was like, uh -huh. You stick your pinky finger in her ear and if her earwax come out green, she dirty. <laughs> I was like, what in the world? Who told you that? He was like, my big brother told me that. <laughs> I was like, bro, you've been walking around sticking your, your pinky finger. Yeah. Just setting them up. Another thing they said, they was like, um, they was like, yo, um, so they hired me to do this mentor program. And part of the, the qualifications was we had to ha talk about um, uh, safe sex practices. Yeah. And I was like, well, I don't feel qualified to lead that conversation. Um, but I will start the conversation to let them know that somebody else is going to come in and talk to them about it. And so I was like, hey, guys, we're sitting there. Uh, it's not what we're going to talk about today, but I got to let y'all know um, so that you can let your parents know. So if you don't want to do it, you don't have to be in here. But next week, they're going to bring in somebody to talk about safe sex practices and you know whatever. And they was like, oh, we already got that down, Coach D. And I was like, oh, well, tell me what you think you know. And he was like, he was like, uh, he was like, uh, my big brother told me, um, told me how to share condoms. And I was like, <laughs> tell me more. He was like, so if you don't have one, he was like, it's cool. Just wait and, f and flip one inside out. 
And I was like, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Have you done this before? He was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we just flip them inside out. And I was like. And so the question is, are they better with no information <laughs> or the wrong information? But I guess most of the time you don't know you're giving out the wrong information. But I'm saying, like, so that to me that would benefit us as parents to, like, equip ourselves. Yes. And if, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. if I don't, well, that's true. Because if I feel like it's right, yeah, if you, I'm going to say yeah. it. With the confidence that yeah. it's right. Because your parents told you that. Or somebody told you that. Somebody like, got it from somewhere. I guess in that situation, it was the brother, right? They felt told, confident. Yeah, yeah. They felt confident. Like, this is the way. He was like, you got a barrier, bro. Like, between you and that's all we're looking for is that barrier. And I'm like, but what about the, the you know. Yeah, you. you the <laughs> other person. <laughs> I got questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's questions. So, that's yeah, questions. so I think yeah. it's like, specifically as dads, you know, I think that's probably stereotypical pride attached to not knowing yeah and so when we're talking about intentionally connecting with our kids and taking a pause when we respond based on our lack of information i wanted to be right i think there's a part of this part this machismo this i gotta know because i'm the parent and if i say I don't know, then that infringes on my authority or how my kids see me, which means they probably won't see me as an authority. They probably won't respect me. They probably won't value what I contribute outside of like food and water and housing. Like, And so based on that moment, we attach all these other things that may or may not be true when we could just pause and probably get more respect from saying, I don't know. Let's find out together. Yeah, yeah no, for sure. For sure. I, th I think so. I think that's the best way to do it. Yeah. But that's that's me. We may be giving that wrong information. I think that's the best information. <laughs> hey, listen, I, and, and of course, I feel confident, right? <laughs> it, could, it could be wrong, but I feel confident. I, we feel really, really confident right now yeah. that that is the best approach. And Just I, I, I think we're right. So let's go with another Doug. Uh, did, you, did you have one? Um, yeah, I, had, uh, I was thinking about Jason right there. Um, Jason. Um, can we say last names? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Wilcox. Okay. Uh, Josh, Josh. Josh Wilcox, okay. sorry. Um, and he talked about listening, right? Mm. And I think uh, listening has been something that has been vital in uh, the development of my relationships with my children. And sometimes it's listening with no answers. And, you know, it's not like the the, the fake listening, like, for real? That's crazy. You know, oh, she's stupid. You know, like, it's not even that. It's It's like... Listen, letting you know that I'm here, and so I'm I'm asking questions that will eventually lead to either you uncovering the answer that I think is best, or you finding the best answer for the scenario. Yeah, and that's all me asking questions. And so it's like, oh, I didn't know that. Like, tell me more. Or what about this? Or, what about this? What about this? And at the end, they did all the talking. I did all the listening, and I got all the information that I needed in order to have. Like this good, um, uh, this solid perspective on where you are regarding that topic. Mm -hmm. So, like listening to me, even though there was like a one-word response, and everybody else, you know, has some pretty lengthy ones. I think listening is is really important because if you if you've established a relationship with your with your your child, and they're willing to talk, I want my kids to talk as much as they mm -hmm. want to talk. Mm -hmm. As much as they want to, I mean, let me put my phone down. Let me pause this TV. Let me close my laptop because I know that there are children who don't speak to their parents. Yeah. And you're, 
And by me just letting you go, you give me access yeah. to all the things. It's like, oh, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even known to ask about that. Yeah. But you giving it all to me, so tell me more. Continue. Yeah. How do you feel about that? And so I think if we're in a place to where we're not so quick to offer suggestions or advice, I think there's value in asking questions and listening. Yeah. When they when they show up and they knock on the door of your bedroom, listen. When they shoot you a text. That's like, hey, how's it going? Like, they want to say something. So, being in a place where we can listen, I think, is really, really important. No, I think that's good. Yeah, listening is, it gets you a long way down the road in building relationships, it which does. Uh, I think, um, man, Doug Hacking uh-huh. uh, said, uh, and when you are stupid, quickly own it and fix it. Yeah. And so I think we going back to the Will Smith situation, like a lot of people felt like that moment in his life was one that was not the smartest move, right? Mm-hmm. So quickly on that, and I think he came out immediately and kind of, well, not immediately, but I think a couple of days or whatever, kind of took some self-accountability with that. Now, some people may not feel like it was the best, but he did something. Mm-hmm. I think in that, you got to quickly own when, you're, when you've stepped out of line. Right? Yeah, with your with your kids. So again, you want them to learn how to respond to things. So mm-hmm. the best way to respond to something once you recognize that you messed up is to do it quickly. But here's the thing: it's like and so. Mm, so his son, right, uh, immediately got online and talked about how proud he was of his dad. Yeah, proud. I'm proud. Yeah, right. Immediately. Immediately. But have you seen um, The Great Debaters with yes, um, uh, Denzel? Denzel, yeah. Yep. There, there's, a po- there's a point in there where the, the preacher who was, um, uh, oh, what's, the, what's the guy's name? Anyhow, he's a preacher. <clears throat> he's driving his family somewhere. They end up uh, hitting an animal. Uh, keep in mind, this is in the South. This is, uh, you know, back in, you know, what, 30s, 40s, 50s. I'm not sure where it was, 60s. And racial tensions are still high. And uh, the guy who he hits, some, he hits these two white guys, uh, animal, and he gets out of the car. I'm sorry. I didn't mean, I didn't mean to do it. Uh, they're like, you have to pay for it. He gives them a check uh, worth more than the animal was worth. And then he goes to get in his car. He tells his son to stay in the car. And uh, they uh, they say, well, you going to help us put this uh, animal in the trunk? Like, you can't get away. Like, you in your clothes, but you're about to get there. And so he's doing all these things at the time that he think is right. Yeah. He's trying to protect his family. And so he's not letting his pride swell up. He's trying to get everything, everything he can do to get back to his house safely, to get out of the scenario. And his son despised him for it. Caught him weak. Caught him, you know what I'm saying? He's like, I'm literally trying to, I'm trying to protect this family. Stay in the car. Let me handle these people so I, we can get back home safely. I can't, I, I don't know. Like, would, would Will's kids have looked at him the same way if he did not go on stage and slap Chris? <laughs> would that have been like, you a punk? And you didn't, you didn't protect us. You didn't protect my mama. You let that man talk about her like she was a dog on national television. In fact, you laughed at it. You sat there next to my mama and laughed at this man while he did. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
and so that can mess with a with yeah. a with a man with the father you know that yeah. feels like this is my role and i take it seriously yeah does he then go back and talk to his kids about the importance of being nonviolent and staying above reproach and not giving people not being pulled by our emotions and not letting the words of others cause us to respond physically like is that a learning point or do they look at him and be like nah son you punked out you a punk mm -hmm. you a punk and because you you did my mama like that i know you definitely gonna let people run up on us yeah 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 i think in those moments again i think sometimes we make we make the a poor decision but we got to follow back around and kind of trust our instinct at the time or mm -hmm. hopefully you have people in your life that and again like if you don't own it quickly right if you mess up you didn't own it quickly but you owned it two weeks later mm -hmm. because somebody came and told you i think the important thing is coming back around and communicating that like man i should have owned this quickly yeah i thought i did the right thing so i think quick quickly is important i think if you can do it quickly immediately uh -huh. do that but if you found that you made that wrong move yeah. and it was three weeks, a month, six months later, yeah. like I've done some things that I messed up years ago, yes. but come back and be like, you know what? I thought that was the right thing at that moment. Mm -hmm. You know, because again, we can't all feel like we're at the same place in life right? and our knowledge and our maturity and these mm -hmm. kind of things. And so it just varies. But, but that situation was really wild because his son immediately did give him kudos. Immediately. But then... Your dad now comes back around and says, "Hey, that was the wrong thing to do," based on what he's saying publicly, right? Mm -hmm. If you if you're saying, "Hey, I'm gonna strip these things away from me," you're now saying what I did was wrong. Yeah. So then, at the same time, like behind the scenes, I don't know what that looks like. Like we was like, "No, I'm glad I did. I taught him a lesson." Mm -hmm. But publicly, what I'm seeing is like he's he's saying now to his kids that was the wrong thing to do. And so that, I think that's where that's where I'm hung up specifically on. Doug Hacking's thing, and I and I actually believe that Doug is is yeah, right. Right, yeah. if you do something stupid, fix it. Yeah, right. But I think that it's the stupid part, it's the fix it part, it's the right and wrong part that I think. And in his thing, man, you know, I know what I what I what I don't like doing, what I prefer not to do, is take a scenario and then go down the slippery slope all the way to the bottom. Mm. Right, it's like I don't want to try to base the next 10 years off of a month or a day, um, even though it can happen. I just think of like, like what was, was Will slapping Chris wrong? Like, was it, was it wrong? And it, was that a situation to fix? Yeah. So are you, are you saying like, you're still at a place like, man, was that wrong? I, I'm, I'm really struggling with it. Yeah. Because it's like, I think I think we just try to make these decisions in these in these silos. Like if my kid comes home, Ethan comes home and he got in a fight. And I asked him why he got in a fight. And I can understand why he chose to fight. How do I correct or how do I father or how do I like what do I do? In that moment. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like. If he felt. In the moment. That the decision he made was the best one. Do I then correct it? And say. Well don't fight. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, in in that situation, I think you definitely say, man, if you're in a situation where you got into a, a, a scuffle and you didn't see your way getting out of it, mm-hmm. yeah. But if if it was like the person was five feet away from you and you ran up on that person versus walking away and addressing mm-hmm. it with some authority, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? It kind of depends on how you feel like you're you should best handle that situation. I think culturally kind of can be different. Agreed. You know, there's some cultural things there, I think. Uh, faith things, mm-hmm. like your faith says that this is the way you handle it. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just going to be different for different people, for sure. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It, I mean, you can't take, you can't put insert yourself in the same scenario and be like, I would have done. And it's like, oh. but I mean, yeah, don't know about, I, my, my, my jobs aren't, like, Will's whole career mm-hmm. is being impacted by a decision that he made as a husband yeah that's yeah. crazy to me yeah that's yeah. that's so like but that's now where that thing of the council culture right is, is that is that what thick, that is brother it is, thick. is that, I, I think that's kind of what that that comes down to to a degree right right now if you do anything in the cu- in the culture, whoever the culture is, yeah, however many people like that's my thing. Is like, man, now does it have to be a certain amount of people before it's the culture? <laughs> the culture, <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, does it need to be a one point five million? Yeah, or can it be three or four people who get on Twitter and make enough noise? You know, but um, but, but you can even be a part of a soul culture and not be predominant or prim- primary and still have enough influence to make noise of where people are now like um i have a i have a friend who um who whenever i say things like uh hey i'm gonna I'm a let you go like I'm, I'm gonna get off the phone let me let you go real quick her response is you can't really let me do anything hmm. it's like I, I guess i'll allow you to and like no you don't really allow me to do anything and so to me it's like i'm just part of language like i'm trying to get off the phone <laughs> Bye. Bye. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm trying to get off the phone, so I I know I'm not letting you do anything. But it's like when when we draw, when we have people that draw attention to even the small things, then that culture becomes influential because people carry those things in different places. And so for me now, I've been trying to not say out of this one occasion because I don't know who else I could potentially offend. I'm like, all right, man, I'm gonna get off this phone instead of being like, all right, yeah, bro, I'm gonna let you go. Easy, easy. Yeah, is easy. So I'm saying, I think even even the smallest cultures being carried by a few people, right? It's like uh, paper straws. I hate paper straws. Give me a plastic straw. Yeah, that's gonna not dissolve in my drink. You know that I can use more than one. You know, like that I can get refills on, and I have to get another paper straw. But somebody somewhere says something about paper straws to where it's it's a subculture that's infiltrating all these different things, and so. I don't know that there's necessarily a size, like what establishes the culture. I think it just has to be, I don't know, prevalent enough to be a blimp on the radar yeah. and get the right people to say it. Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely think there's some aspect to a size. You think so? Yeah, yeah. I think there are, or you have enough uh, connections to an audience mm-hmm. that's going to rally behind you mm-hmm. so now even though that one person is feeling a certain way yeah people are going to own that with you because they believe in you or they care for you mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying i mean there, there may be some things that people do like they really don't think it's that big of a deal but because this person said something yeah i'm gonna rally behind that person yeah and i can also see numbers from a like an 
uh, economic perspective as well. Yeah. You know, if like 10,000 people don't buy your stuff, it's like, okay, they just upset. Yeah. You know, 50,000, it's like, wait, what's happening? Yeah. You know, 100,000, is like, okay, now for real, like, yeah. somebody loot me uh-huh. in, you know? And so you start. Who about to get cut? Exactly, exactly. How come yeah. nobody said nothing, yeah. right? Uh-huh. Well, the boss was only 10,000, yeah. you know, yeah. now it's 100. Yeah. What good a rapper? So, yeah, I can see that, like, even with music and boycotting, uh, like, certain stores, and, yeah. you know, you start hitting people's yeah. bottom line, then it's definitely a numbers issue. Yeah, definitely. For sure, for sure. Man, let's keep this thing going. Where yeah, we yeah, at? yeah. Let's get a couple of more, just because of time's sake. Yep, yep. Uh, who you got? Um, we already talked about that. They can talk to me, being present. They can talk to me, being honest. Um, availability. You know, as we were talking, it was like some of these kind of fit the same theme. Yeah, some of you could have. We could have done it theme wise. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like some of them definitely fall. Uh, one that I, I saw was Clint Smith. Uh-huh. Uh keeping a relationship is key. Like mm-hmm. I want to consistently do things that allow for me to keep a relationship with my children. Yeah. Um and he says in that that he wants that to happen because he wants them to always know that they can come talk to him about anything. Yeah. You know, and so but keeping a relationship I think even goes more so than them being able to come and talk to me about anything. Mm-hmm. But just being staying connected like what you were saying like in in that thing of like man they're gonna still come over for dinner yeah they're gonna still come and just hang out with me sometimes we only have to talk just be around each other yeah like and so i think early when you do that i think it's important because you you'll find there i think there's two kind of people that i've seen who and i may be more like well my grandfather didn't really hang out with you know the people mm-hmm. the fathers in my life didn't hang out with me all the time so it's not a big deal if my kids and I don't spend a whole bunch of time together Right. but then there's some of you like my dad never spent time with me so I'm trying to spend all the time all I can the time, yeah. I'm going to every game yeah. I'm going to you know what I'm yeah. saying and so I think there's two different kinds of responses uh, based on how you were fathered or raised you know Right. Uh, and so but I love the idea of I think it's important that we we do things consistently that allow for us to keep a relationship. Yeah, these two um, I think uh, resonate with me from uh, Waylon Cubitt and uh, Larry Clayton uh, talking about uh, just being av- available from a sense of like there's this unconditional component of it. And so Waylon's talking about um, he says at the end uh, they can't earn any more of my love but they, and they also can't destroy an ounce of it mm. they can't earn more they can't destroy an ounce of it and then larry talks about always saying that i love you no matter what happens just saying i love you and it reminds me of um of my son just kind of going through this uh, this phase of performance anxiety mm. you know as, a, as it pertains to being a child and performance wanted, for you or just in general um in, in general, but specifically for parents. Okay. And we started noticing it where he would say something and then we provide some feedback or some pushback and then he would just agree with us. And I had to get to the point where I was like, yo, and I'm, I'm, I'm dead serious. Like this happened, uh, it might have been a month, month and a half ago. As we're wrapping up school, you know, his grades are looking a little sketchy and, and uh, he just has all this anxiety. And so I go in the... The, his bedroom and I lay I lay on his bed with him and I'm looking at him face to face and I'm like bro you know you you can't you can't disappoint us mm-hmm. it's impossible we're not gonna love you any less there's nothing that you can do that's gonna make us love you any more like 
you are literally living at the max that, that we can love you, right? There's nothing you can do. There's no grade you can make. Like, we're going to be excited about your progress and as you mature and find things that you're interested in. But there's nothing you can do that's going to make us stop loving you. Mm-hmm. And as, as I'm, I'm, I'm saying this, like, he starts crying and I start crying because, you know, I'm a crier. Mm-hmm. And we just got to this point to where he was like, I really needed to hear that mm-hmm. because I understand all the work that you and mom do to invest in the things that we want to do and the things that we want to be. And anytime we say we want to do something, y'all make sure it happens. And anytime we want to try something new, you make it happen. And I just feel like we owe y'all. I mean, you don't owe us nothing. You owe yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't want you mm-hmm. not becoming something because you didn't try or because you got too many things in your plate, and so you're doing all things okay and nothing really, really well, bro. Listen, you you cannot disappoint mm-hmm. us. There's nothing you can do that's gonna make us stop loving you, and I think that's so important because that frees our children up yeah. from having to perform and like, oh, look what I can do, Daddy. Look what I did, Mom. Look what I did. Like it frees them up yeah. to to pursue the things that they enjoy. And to be the most natural version of themselves so they can grow and evolve in that way. Yeah. Instead of just trying to like get attention and accolades and like I I recommend I not, not recommend I identify with that. Yeah. Right. My dad was just like, yo, like you're killing it, man. And sure you made more tackles and sure you joined more choirs and sure you did, but I still love you, my son. All that other stuff is sprinkles. And so wanting to have that relationship with my mom caused me to like try to perform right mom come to my my games mom look at what i did mom look what i did and that has bled over into being an adult where you know i'm looking at jobs and i'm looking at employers and i'm looking at clients and i'm looking at friends and i'm I'm like yo look at what i can do look what i can do and thriving off that affirmation it's like yo son i don't want you to have no parts of that Mm. i want you to be able to just show up and i think that's what parents can do more of Mm. Right. How can we let our our kids know that all the love that I have to give, you got it right now. Like there's nothing you can do to earn more, destroy it by doing something like. I may be disappointed that you made that decision because I know you're better than the decision that you made. But like, I love you. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, I love you. Hug you, squeeze you. Still got food in the fridge. Still wash your clothes. Like, I, lo- I love you. Yeah. And there's absolutely, and I hate saying this because it's so cliche, and there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. I hear people say it all the time, but it's no. real. Yeah, no, 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 no. That is so real. And I think I think that's the most important thing as a father, like just letting your kids know that, that you love them mm-hmm. regardless. You don't have to show up and, and perform in any kind no. of way. No. And however we can uh, do that consistently, Man, I think uh, it's great. And I think, I mean, I, for, for me, I think that's a great place just to stop. And uh, we'll have all these other fathers' uh, responses in the show notes. But, man, I, I'm excited about fatherhood and, and really coming along with other fathers like yourself, Derek, and just and being an encouragement to one another uh, to be the best fathers that we possibly can. And, uh, and off this list, I hope some fathers can be inspired. Uh, you know, there's three things that I, I love seeing is people learn, be inspired, and then connect. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's what we can do around this this fatherhood thing. And so, ladies and gentlemen, man, uh, let's uh, give Derek a big round of applause for being with us today. Yeah. 
Yeah. Hey, and so, uh, thank you as normal for hitting that play button for another episode of the Hetty Coleman Podcast. I've been out the loop for a little while, so I, I don't have all my you got it down on my writings down. You man. got it down. It feels good. No, no, no. And so, uh, but as always, ladies and gentlemen, as always, go win.